to you to talk about whatever it is that I'm going to talk about on today. First and foremost, I want to thank everyone who listened to my last podcast. Like I said in that podcast, it was a very vulnerable place for me. It's, um, I'm, I can be transparent with certain people, but to be transparent in such a broader spectrum is not as easy, but I definitely think it was something worth sharing like I said it was something that was on my heart so thanks to everyone who listened to that and also to everyone who uh reached out to me to ask how I was doing and all of those things I definitely appreciate it and secondly but um absolutely not least important shout out to God because I am here giving this podcast because that means I had a successful surgery I woke up from anesthesia I have 10 fingers and 10 toes still And I'm able to take my breath and do this podcast. So shout out to God always. So yeah, um, with that being said, I want to jump right into it and talk about what we're talking about today. So I'm a 32-year-old woman who has never been married. I am single. I'm not dating. I don't have a boyfriend. Um, I was engaged at one point in planning phase, but never married. Um, I am absolutely considered single for society's purposes. And based on society's um, deeming me single, I would also be considered unfit or unqualified to speak on something such as marriage. Two things. The good thing is uh, I really don't care what they say. And um, the second good thing is I do what I want. So... On today, I'm absolutely going to be speaking on marriage and my take. And I mean, not marriage exactly, but just my take on how certain things are being translated in regards to marriage. Uh, So yeah, Um, it's incredibly disheartening to see the amount of marriages that are beginning and ending before people hit the age of 30, 31, 32. If I expand that to 35, I'm sure the number goes up incredibly. Now, let's clear this out before we even move any further. This is not to say if you're not married that you're on the wrong path or you're doing something wrong. This is not to say that if you've been divorced that you're bad and you're doing something wrong. That is not what this is. Let's not get this twisted. Now that we've cleared that on, clear that up, let's move right along. But... Like I said, it's incredibly disheartening to see um, so many marriages failing. It's almost as if marriage in my age group, I don't I don't know what we're called. I don't know if we're the millennials, the biennials, the tri- XYZs. Ge- I don't know what we are. I don't know if we're generation 12. We're something. Whatever we're called, <laughs> my generation You know, like I said, I'm 32, so whatever that's classified as, maybe I'll look that up at some point. That it's almost like marriage is under attack for us in different ways. It's under attack in the way that a lot of my generation isn't attached to marriage because 
it gets an, a bad rap now and it's viewed as, you know, more of a business deal and less about love or more for tax purposes. Like there's so many things that take away the beauty in what marriage is supposed to be that I think aids in why a lot of us aren't getting married. And then the other thing is just for whatever reason, like even those who are getting married, there's just something that's not keeping it there. And I feel like this ends up coming up so much in things that I'm talking about, but I guess it really proves how much it has an effect. But I know when I was growing up, I had on TV, I had positive things to look at. Like I had the Cosby show. We had, you know, Heathcliff and Claire and we had Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv and we had Moesha and her parental units and when it came to brown families and brown marriages we got to see it on TV happening and not um not necessarily being easy but being worth it and just happening you know at all we had family matters there was there were brown families there were brown mar- um marriages there were men and women who took a vow with each other and were figuring it out and now we don't see that we're saturated with reality tv and with the easy out and with you know eh, if this don't work then I can find another one you know right after like that's that's what we're being fed and I want to say that I think that that plays a part in it and don't get me wrong there's a, a heap of other things that I also believe in and don't get me wrong I also believe that I don't know everyone's story and I don't know why everyone has, you know, gotten divorced and I don't know your individual, um, whatever, like whatever you're facing individually. But for me, and let me not even say for me, like I said, I don't know what you're facing and I don't want to say, okay, you know, if you're in an abusive marriage, stay and if you're being verbally abused, physically abused, if there's things that are absolutely rightfully just not okay to stay, that's not what I'm saying. But for me, I just always want to see marriages win. Like, I always want to see not just love, but marriages. Like, I want to see the long term. I want 30-year anniversaries, and I want to go to, you know, 20-year anniversary parties, and I want to see the kids grow up like I want all of that I think that's such a beautiful thing to see especially you know in the brown community especially among us because it's very easy to see us as a broken family to see us as um you know promiscuous or it's easy because that's everywhere and they show it because that's what they want to show but um yeah I'm just I'm just here for the win and Like I said, I know TV plays a part in it, but the other thing too, and I'm not sure, I'm not even sure I have a reasoning behind why I think this is present, but one of the other things is I think a lot of times we are marrying somebody's potential and potential is great. Potential is a beautiful thing, but the problem with potential is 
you can see the potential in somebody that they can't see in themselves. You could also see the potential in somebody that they don't want to tap into. So, as an example, if you want to marry a lawyer and you meet this guy or you meet this girl and they're a great debater and they're in school and heck, they may have even gone to law school and you meet them and you're like, oh, I'm going to marry a lawyer. This is it. You might have just done yourself a disservice because you are not with a lawyer. You are with someone who is in law school. You are with someone who is attempting to do this thing. They can get to year three and a half and decide, this is for the birds. This is not for me. So now you typed yourself up and you, you know, had this idea of what you were supposed to have and how you were supposed to live. And now you're a little upset because what you wanted isn't there. But technically, you did yourself a disservice because you didn't fall in love with what was in front of you. You fell in love with the potential. You fell in love on what could be. If you want a lawyer, then get a lawyer, someone who was already there, someone who was already practicing. And I don't even know if I'm going to touch on the idea of marrying a career or a lifestyle because that can change at any point, too. People, the same way people can be in a marriage for 20 years and decide they've grown out of it, that can absolutely happen with a career. Um, because sometimes passions fade and what you think is your passion in your 20s is a different passion in your 40s. But anyway, so we fall in love with potential and what could be. And then when it doesn't happen, we're ready to just throw the whole marriage away. Just wrap it up, take it up, throw it in the garbage. Like, you know what? Nah. That's not what I wanted. That's not what I signed up for. So it's a wrap. Yeah, no, that's not how this works. Um, Like, that's not how this works at all. That is not part of your vows. That's not what it says. And I think the other thing, too, is that everything is so easy for us now. Everything is easy to get to, easy to access, easy to just easy. Just easy overall. Sex is easy. Communication is easy. Eh, let's put communication in quotes. Because communication, I mean like text messages, calls. It's it's quick. Let's not say easy. Because communication is a whole other discussion. Um, but all of these things are easy. They're quick. You want food. You order it. It comes to your house. Like All of these things are easy to get to. So it's kind of like when things get hard, we're not used to it. We're not, or we don't have the threshold to deal with it when it gets hard. Um, yeah, no, he's acting crazy. I don't want to deal with it. On to the next. Are people really that expendable? Like, have we really come to the point where nothing is sacred, where that person doesn't have a value to you? I'm young at heart, but, um... I'm young in age, excuse me, but I have an old heart. And um, I just need my husband to know that uh, if you're mad or you don't like something right now, you can uh, pass me a needle and thread and some sheets and I'll stitch a cape to you, stitch a cape together for you so you can be super mad. But that's about all I got for you, kid. The whole, you're going to sleep on the couch and you're going to go to your boy's house and spend the night. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, 
I'm not signing up for that kind of marriage. That's just, that's not what's going to happen here. We're going to talk about it. We're going to communicate. You could be mad. You could cut up. You could have all the jokes. You could have all the not nice jokes. You can even say it with your chest up to a point. But we are going to talk about this. We are going to move past it. We're going to figure out why we've gotten here and how to either not be here anymore or how to make sure that um, we work around whatever this is. But unfortunately, that's not the go-to. The go-to now is, like I said, just toss it, like get rid of it. Like everything is so expendable and I think that sucks. It sucks because... And maybe, maybe this is me believing for everybody. And I know everybody doesn't have the same wants and goals. But how dope is it to just have this person who knows you so well and who's your best friend to like just laugh, joke, do like you would just toss your best friend like that for something regular? Like your homie, your ace, your dog. So they get on your nerves and now you're getting rid of it. Because that's essentially what we're doing when we're kind of just not putting up the good fight before we get rid of something. Like there's counseling, there's, you know, just locking yourselves in a room and talking about it until you can't. There's writing it out, there's um, anger, man. There's so many ways to get past a hurdle that's causing a disconnect. Because, I mean, we're human and you're two people who are trying to become a unit together. You're still two individuals. You are you, he is him. You are you, she is her. So you're two individuals who are trying to join together and become a unit. I mean, y'all gonna have some bumps and bruises. Like, you may, you know, put your toilet tissue to roll down. She may put it to roll under compromise like it's you're not going into something that's going to look exactly like you or going to look function exactly like you yes you're going to compliment each other yes you should have the same values yes you should love each other yes your beliefs should be in line yes you know all of these things should be there but they're going to be some things that are different and that's expected so we have to do better in remembering that People aren't expendable. And that... The other thing too is... I don't know what this whole representative thing is now. That's rampant. I don't know if it's the desire to... Be attached to someone. So you present yourself in a way that deems you worthy of being chosen. I don't know if it's trying to fit in in other places in society with your friends at your job that you become this false representation of yourself. Um, but there's really a lot of misrepresentation. I mean, I know someone who dated a guy all through college, had a great time, loved him, um... I mean, did everything together, got married, had a baby, moved in. Life was cool. And 18 months later, 18 months 
he was a whole per whole new person. I mean, completely and utterly new person to the point where old boy was married and with a baby, I think, in the last six of those 18 months. Like, where was that person? <laughs> where were you? And I mean, that's not to say that there weren't red flags that weren't seen. And that's not to say that, you know, they were minute details that, you know, could have hinted. But no, you were a representative. You had presented something because you wanted to catch her. And then your true colors came out. So now she's sitting there stuck. Boo boo the fool. Like, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know why that's such a big thing. And I mean, we have things like catfish where people are just out here completely being somebody who they're not. We have the fronters, the people who, you know, go on Instagram and go on Facebook and live this life, this either fabulous life or this money-filled life or this great life. And people who know them in real life are like, um, you know you're lying, right? And you know that there are people who know you personally who know you're lying. So uh, how about you not? And then we have, you know, people who have this warped sense of what their reality really is. Like, they may think they're more important at work than they are. They may think they're cuter than they are. Whatever it is, there's so many things that can add to this representation thing. But it's such a big problem because... You meet someone and you date them and you have fun and this person is great and you marry them. And then you're like, whoa, I don't know you. Like, I don't know who you are. I can't vouch for this person that's standing in front of, in front of me. And I think that sucks. Like, I think, like I said, I'm not, I'm not even sure how, how much I can say on how to prevent that but we just have to be super super vigilant we have to be super careful in who we let into our space we have to observe people we have to observe them not even just with us but with other people how to interact with their family how to interact with the people they say they love how they talk about certain things how they react to certain topics all of those things I think help you to realize who someone is um so that we can, I guess, stop wasting our, our times with people who are presenting a falsehood and stop wasting our time trying to, or not even trying, loving someone who we aren't supposed to be loving. So those are a few things that I think are, are part of the um, whole idea of this marriage is not working and being expendable and just tossing them away but um like I said it, it's such a disheartening thing to see and to want to be married and to want to be married forever cue Cardi B like forever like this isn't a oh you know let me do a, a short term life insurance policy that's not what this is for me anyway like, this is a long term. This is a person who I want to, you know, make lemonade with when life gives me lemons. This is the person I want to have memories with and moments with. And I can't go into this with the idea that 
have to get rid of you or I should get rid of you. And if I have to go into it with that, it's kind of like it takes away from it. It's kind of like, dang, I'm already, you know, waiting for this to end. I'm already, you know, waiting for the downfall. Like I've heard people say, oh, well, if it don't work out, there's always divorce. What? That would hurt me to my core to know that the person I was going to spend forever with felt like that about it. Felt like going into a union with me was cool. And, you know, they love me, but in the back of their head, it's like, oh, well, there's always divorce. I don't want that to be an option on our table. Like, I don't want that to be what we're serving. Because if you're serving it, that means there's a likely chance you're going to eat it. Like, if it's on the table, it's it's fair game. And I don't want it to be fair game. I don't want it to be a, we get so pissed where somebody just, you know, comes home and there's divorce papers on the table. No, kid. I'm going to be mad. Like, I'm going to be hurt. I'm going to be like, so you just, you just going to throw the baby out with the bath water? Like, you just don't care? So, um, so yeah, like, there, there are a few things that I think are, that I mentioned that help add to why I think marriage is looked at as so, you know, expendable, so... I guess up against a wall too. Like I said, I, I feel like it's a little bit under attack in my my age era, whatever we are, matrennials or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just I just I just want us to do better in remembering that if you're taking on something and you're taking on something that has a long term attachment to it, like marriage is. It's meant to death to you part. Your vows don't say until it gets rough. Your vows don't say until you're over it. Your vows don't... That's not what they say. It says sickness and, and health. It says, you know, for better or for worse. Till death do you part. So based on that, if one of y'all didn't die, y'all supposed to ride this out. Like, y'all supposed to do this, you know, until you literally physically cannot do it anymore. Until your body is no longer present. Until you have departed. And um, if you're going into something long term like that, like you have to prepare long term. You have to get your mindset in the game. You have to, if you go and you prepare to run a marathon, and a marathon is six miles and you go and you're like yo I'm gonna kill this marathon I'm gonna knock this marathon out the park so you go and you train and you get your body right and you know you killing it and you got three miles down pack like you blowing through three miles you're like it's nothing I'm gonna kill this six mile run um you might there's a possibility you could kill the six mile run but there's also a possibility that after the three miles, because you've only prepared for three miles, you've only set your mind to three miles, that after the three miles you crash. And your body's like, wait, we weren't prepared for this. Like, this is not what we're up for. And um, you can only really be like, well, you know what? I didn't prepare for this. And, like, we have to remember to prepare... and. I've said this before, I don't believe we can ever be ready for marriage. 
um, just like I don't think we can ever be ready for babies to change. Um, there's something new in your life. It's completely different. But if you're only preparing yourself to, oh, I only got to deal with this for 10 years. At the 10 year mark, you may, you may function differently. You may do it differently. Like your mindset has to be in it that this is long term, that there is no out. There is no leaving. There is no um, alternative option. It's this and that's it. And it's also why I think it's super important because even though a lot of times people write their vows now, if we pay attention to the vows that are usually said, the traditional vows, like things like for sickness and in health, we see all the time there's, you know, silly little memes that go around and they ask questions, you know, what if this, what if that. But one of the things in dating your partner before you get married or even when you get married that you should think about is if tomorrow if they got sick, would I love them the same way? Would I still be here? And I think that's a question that helps speak to the way you love that person or the way you love in general. Because if your love is conditioned, then you may run into an issue. Like especially for women. Women... You know, we have babies, our boobs go from our chest to our navel, um, our butts go from our backs to our knees, and bodies change, and you can hit the gym, but get stretch marks, and you go from, you know, flat abs, no anything, to a freaking, you know, sweater belly, now you rocking a coogee, and you're feeling all these things, and the last thing you want to feel like is your husband doesn't want to be there anymore because you've changed physically because you got sick or because you know god forbid you've encountered a major thing and now surgery is made you present different so you know sickness and then health better or worse um tomorrow you lose your job and you know money is stressful yes money is absolutely something that causes stress but you lose your job and now your wife is looking at you different and you already, your ego is already scarred and already bruised and now you feel like lesser because home doesn't even feel homey anymore because something is different. So I think if we look at those things that I said, it's really an indicator of how we should carry and how we should go into the idea of marriage and the union itself not even just the idea because I think a lot of people also have this idea and they function on what marriage is in their head as opposed to what it is in real life and the actual tangible thing of it and you know we always talk about the easy stuff or rather not the easy stuff the most common things but if you sit down and talk about the things someone didn't tell you about marriage I'm sure there's a heap of things where you would never even you know, think about, well, what happens when your wife goes into postpartum depression? Or what happens when your partner's faith gets rocked to the core because they lose a loved one? Like, what happens when depression enters? What happens when insecurities are raised and they're out of your control? Like, all of these things that you don't think about having to carry or coming up, come up. So, I mean, there's so many things. Like I said, you can never be prepared for it. You can never um, you can never have every, every, every single two you need. But, you know, you can set yourself up mentally to be in a place where you know that 
this is something that's important to you, that's valuable to you. And let's stop throwing the baby away with the bathwater. Let's stop talking about marriage like it's not important, like it's not long-term, like it's not something worth holding on to, like it's not something that's worth keeping. Um, people would love, 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 love for brown families to not have marriage, for brown families to not be families. But um, I rebuke that completely and utterly from the toes on my feet to the top of my head so so yeah I just let's just stop tossing marriages y'all let's let's stop being representatives let's do the work to make marriages and unions work to make marriages and unions long-lasting um there's a phrase that's usually said when you get married by the person who's marrying you um I don't know how common it is anymore, but I know it was said and it pretty much says it's asking those who are attending to hold up the standard of marriage for the couple that's being married. And and I'm that I'm that whole, you know, you call me on some, oh, I'm gonna come in your crib. I'm mad at him. All right. You got two hours, man. And then you're going home because I'm not sure what you think this is. That's not how we handle this. So, um. So yeah, I just I just want us to be great. I want us to be loved. I want us to have forever friends. I want us to have our mates, our partners, our you know, our squad. I want us to have a couple dates and couple dinners and exchange baby pictures and all. And I just want it to be good and I want it to be healthy and I want it to be positive. And I think it would be super great to change the narrative and change the look of what they think black families are and what they think black marriage is and what they think we're really attached to so uh yeah go forth be merry find love love them hard love them long fight the good fight um be mad get a cape get over it and just just you know lock it down keep it there keep it solid pray over it ask god put god in your marriage i didn't say that but Put God in your marriage. Put God in your marriage. Put God in your marriage. Put him in your marriage. Um, yeah. So, y'all know. Y'all know the drill. I appreciate y'all for listening as always. And I'm out of here. Until next time.